Uh, Dr. David Key is here. He is the director of the MBA program at Harding University in Searcy. We welcome him to the studio to join us. He's going to be with us the rest of this half hour, all of next half hour as well. We'll talk about MBAs and things of that nature. But before we do that, I was just bringing him up to date on Endgame <laughs> uh, by the, from the Avengers. And I was being asked, well, you must have went and saw a special showing of it. Well, they had a they, they opened it really last night in the theaters. In Cabot alone, and, uh, and, and this is a good indication of how this movie's going, they showed that movie on eight screens, mm-hmm. and every theater was sold out. Have, have you ever mm-hmm. been to the Cabot Theater? Have you been by it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you got the Cabot Theater. It's sitting, it's sitting off of uh, 89 right there as you go past the, the Kroger and the dairy, the new Dairy Queen on the left-hand side. And they hold several hundred cars in their parking lot, totally full. When I got there, they just had a few parking spaces in the back. Uh, and then there's two buildings that are uh, not occupied right now that have several hundred parking spaces as well, totally full. I have never seen that happen uh, in Cabot, mm. never. No, no other movies? No other movie, no. <laughs> and then I was telling them, sharing with them, uh, in the uh, early showings last night in these uh, previews that they that they do, they did $60 million. Most movies hope to do half of that uh, in their entire run for most of them. They did $60 million last night. They're expecting this weekend to do a billion dollars. Yeah, from, on one movie. Has any movie ever done movie. that before? I don't think so. I don't think so. This is That's the biggest opening ever, you know, preview <laughs> opening for a movie. Uh, I would think they'll do better than $60, 60 million a day uh, for the movie when it opens you know, today. I mean, they're, they're showing it now. I'm, I'm sure they're showing it at eight theaters. They could go up to 10 there at uh, Cabot. It wouldn't surprise me if, if they have to, to accommodate the people who are coming. They'll just not show the other movies, you know, and show Endgame. I'm not, no spoilers. We're going to talk about it even more later on. There's no spoilers. Just no. <laughs> use any superlative, uh, superlative that you want and then put the word yes behind it. <laughs> All right. That's the best way to do it. All right. So, Doctor, you tell me. You're the Harding uh, Graduate School of Business uh, Director. Uh, tell me how things are going with this MBA program. And is, is that what it takes now uh, for people that are in the workforce? And you you got to have more than a bachelor's now? Well, that's, it's definitely been developing that way. The MBA is... Um is is a, is a piece of paper that gives you a career advancement, and and therefore this you know if you have a bachelor's degree you you can get a job you're going to get a, a well paid job. Mm-hmm. You have that you have that MBA on top of it. You might not get a benefit right off the bat, but down the road they're going to say, well, let's see who we're going to promote. Oh, well, this person has an MBA. Let's promote them. Or we say, hey, we have this important job. What are the qualifications? Well, they got to have a master's degree. And the MBA will open the door for those people. So it's moved up. Is the MBA the new BBA? I don't think it's gotten to that point yet. Is a, new, is a master's become what used to be the bachelor's? We're not at that point yet, but it's moved in that direction. Okay, so 
explain to my listeners, what is an MBA? What are you going to study when you go for your master's in business? Well, it's a master's in business administration, which means it's a broader view of business. So you study all disciplines that are involved in business. So it would be finance, accounting, management, marketing, and ethics, uh, information systems. So all aspects of the business are covered in this uh, program, and it helps you have a broad understanding of the world of business. It gears toward management primarily because MBA, uh, people with MBAs are people who are going to be decision makers. And management and decision science are very parallel, and this, the, the science of making good decisions is really focused on all these classes, whether it's in finance or whether it's in management. The idea is we're training people to be to make good decisions with somebody else's money, with their typically. own money or someone else's yeah, money. That's what I'm saying, uh, but making good decisions for the business that helps the business perform down the road, however long it takes. Is it is it to help the person take a lot of the emotion out of it and bring a whole lot of logic into it? Well. It gives them a stronger foundation for that. Okay. They, you know, in an, in an MBA program, you study a lot of case studies, which gives you a lot of examples of what haven't happened in the past or good or bad decisions that were made. And you can go back to the history and say, okay, this is what happened. This is what happened with Enron. This is what happened with Volkswagen. This is what happened with Sears, uh, Sears exactly, or Eastman Kodak. And you can look and see what happened, and you study those decisions they made. And a, and a good example of that is the Circuit City story. We uh, That's one case study I use in my courses. Circuit City was doing fine, doing great. And then somebody, it was probably somebody in a finance department, said, you know what? These, these, these top-end salespeople are very expensive to us. Uh-oh. And uh, we can save some money if we let these guys go and replace them with less expensive entry-level kind of salespeople. So on one sad day in March, uh, I can't remember exactly the year, I want to say 2014, Circuit City fired 3,800 salespeople in one day. Whoa. And, and of course, where did those salespeople go? And I say radio gives blood baths. That is the <laughs> ultimate blood Well, it was bath. nationwide. Yeah. But their top salespeople all got let go in one day. Wow. And, of course, they all drifted over to Best Buy. Yeah. And now Best Buy is dominating that market, and Circuit City's out of it. Isn't that funny? Because Best Buy was struggling, and now they're still alive in Circuit City. I don't think there are any Circuit, Circuit City. Circuit City's gone. There's a slight little web presence of Circuit City today, but the, yeah, they're they're gone. Their history. Uh, I, the one that I always find of interest is Sears. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sears had the internet of his of their age. And refused to get on the internet when the internet showed up to be able to, to be as good as they were with catalogs. How did they screw up so well, badly? They, they with loved their the catalog. They loved their catalog. They loved the way they'd been doing things. They had been getting great feedback on the value of the catalog, primarily for rural people. Mm-hmm. And uh, then, well, that wasn't the way to sell anymore, and they they missed out on that. Uh, a little That's bit behind so the incredible times. to me. They just weren't watching. In fact, last night we had Brett Biggs, who's the CFO of Walmart, gave a speech at Harding last night. And he mentioned how he would talk about its competition and he would say the A company. 
He's referring to Amazon. Okay. And and he was saying Walmart has been was behind the times when it came to online purchases. They're trying to catch up. And had they been a little bit more careful and more attentive to what was going on in the market, Walmart.com would have existed long before it came about. And so they so that's a that's a lesson to learn. Does he, does he, did he talk anybody uh, about anything about CVS who has stepped into you know the politics of Obamacare and are mm-hmm. making a killing now? He 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 wants to say that Walmart is apolitical and stays away from those things. You However, can't. But it's it's difficult. It's difficult. But the pharmacy business is doing very well at Walmart. Oh, that's good. And uh, he he mentioned that even last night about how that that part of their business is doing very well. Doctors are favoring Walmart pharmacies because they have the similar, I would say, customer service qualities that you find uh, amongst the whole Walmart chain. So, well, well, somebody would say to me, "What's the big deal? A pharmacy is a pharmacy." No, 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 no. I I had a pharmacist one time probably save my life. Because he looked at a pill that my doctor had prescribed to me and knew the in, uh, interaction that it would have with another pill and mm. uh, called the doctor and said, you realize that what you've put for this guy? Mm. He says, yeah, don't give him that one. <laughs> so he probably, I don't know if he saved my life, but kept me from getting sick probably. Oh, yeah. Oh, They're, the role of pharmacists is growing and the responsibility of pharmacists is growing. We have a nationwide opioid epidemic. Who's controlling that? Is it the doctors or the pharmacists? Well, you saw the story in the paper today. I'm sure Mm -hmm. that uh, the attorney general, they're going after three different, you know, know, people who provide opioids. Mm -hmm. One of them, Cardinal. And Mm -hmm. uh, they're 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 finding themselves in deep kimchi, as we used to say in the military. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> you know, not not a good mm-hmm. thing. I'll be following that story and see where where it in, where it ends. And up a at. lot of what we do in the MBA program is, you know, we talk about stories of things that have happened in the past, and our goal is to not repeat those mistakes. Yeah, but our goal is also not is to repeat the successes. Mm-hmm. Companies that made great decisions that were like, "Where did that come from? That was a fantastic idea." Uh, one of the case studies we study is the five dollar sub at Subway. When they came up with the idea of the $5 subway, foot-long subway, it became – it just helped subway make an incredible amount of money. And it was just a small marketing ploy of selling a product. But that $5 resonates. A foot-long sandwich for $5 resonates. And uh, the sales of subway went up. I forgot the exact number, but in the 30s, in a matter of a year – their growth was incredible. And they became that. In fact, that year, I think it was a year after that, they became the number one franchise in the world in terms of number of outlets. Wow. Because of a $5 sub. Promotion. Now, I see where Quiznos is going the way of the dodo bird. It's slowly, uh, you know what? They, they should never got rid of the meat puppets. <laughs> I'm just telling you, meat puppets sold a lot of sandwiches. Usually there are many factors involved in the fall of a, of a business, but um, it's probably a contributing factor. I'm, in, in Quiz- I'm just saying. I'm just in saying. the case of Quiznos, it more than likely has has management implications. Yeah, I'm with bigger you. than that one item on their menu. But uh, you, it's it's interesting to study that. Well, let me tell you one that somebody needs to study. Okay, Dairy Queen. Okay, because they were on the rocks. 
and they're not anymore. They're coming back, mm-hmm. and uh, Berkshires, people bought them up, mm-hmm. and it was, uh, what's the old guy's name? Warren Buffett. Yeah, Buffett. He's the one that pulled them out of it. That's right. He said, sell ice cream. That's what you're known for. Quit bringing mm-hmm. this brazier crap, mm-hmm. you know? Focus on what your specialty is. That's exactly right. All right, well, let's talk more. Dr. David Key with us, going to be with us in the next half hour. Stay tuned. We've got news for you coming up. And, and no, it won't be about in-game. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, let's get back to uh, the show as we move into the 4 o'clock hour. Some of you are starting your weekend. Congratulations. If you're going to go to the movies, you're probably going to go see Endgame. I'm just just being honest with you. I know at Cabot, it's on eight screens. If enough people would walk in, they'd open up another theater, and it'd be on nine screens. Did What was it that uh, Matt said? Five screens, six screens over at Riverdale? Yeah, five or six. Five or six, yeah. So I think it's going to be bigger than that. I, this, this whole thing going on about end game is going to just keep building you know, as this this weekend and next weekend goes if you got any other movie at this time i feel sorry for you <laughs> uh dr david key is in the studio with us he is the director of the mba program over at harding university uh in cersei we talked to him about uh what and why the mba program was so important he said it is not uh, gotten to the point where you have to have a, a master's uh, and with your bachelor's, but it's t- trending that way. Mm-hmm. Correct. You who are using computers understand when I say trend, <laughs> and it's trending that way. Mm-hmm. So we want to talk a little bit more about this master's of business, uh, business administration. Is, is there different way, ways that you can get a business, a master's in business besides administration? Sure. Um an MBA is, a, is the standard name for the business masters. Okay. And it's usually a management-focused masters. All MBAs, almost all MBAs, will have a core number of classes that you take and some electives that you can take. And the electives can be what we'd more likely call a concentration. So you could take all your electives in the field of finance – or all of your electives in the field of marketing, and you would say, I got an MBA in finance, or I got an MBA in marketing. And so, therefore, there's the core courses, which is the broader stuff, and then you add the specialized areas where you can say, okay, this is what I'm going to spend my time on. This is what I want to become the best at as part of my master's program. And you, can, you have the choice. In our program, it's, you take 10 courses, and seven are core, Mm-hmm. And three are electives. So in the core, you're going to have a finance class, but then your three electives could be um, focused on, say, management. You can take conflict management, negotiations, operations management as your electives, and you would say, I have an MBA in management because that's where you put your concentration. Okay. What all, What would it be in finance? I mean – how many different ways can you look at a dollar bill? <laughs> well, there's areas of finance that would be maybe personal finance. We have an investment course, a capital markets course, which is the broader view mm-hmm. of finance. We have um, managerial finance, which is finance for people who are managers, which is much more decision-oriented. 
and uh, which Circuit City could have benefited from a little bit. <laughs> and we have um, you can and you can then also have the option in our, in our at at Harding to do a thesis. A thesis would be something that's a little bit more academic, involving a fair amount of research, that you can select a very narrow, specific topic you're going to research, hopefully that no one else has researched before, and you can just spend all your electives on just researching that one narrow field you say, I want to learn more about that. Did you do that? Um, I did that, and I also got a doctorate, and it was fortunate for me that my master's thesis was kind of a precursor to what I decided to do in my dissertation. Yeah, because the doctorate narrows it down even further. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. And it's very in-depth and takes many years. But the master's thesis you can do as part of your MBA program. So it's more like a, a, a mini dissertation or a, uh, a beginning of a dissertation. But you still do a fair amount of research. You're supervised by a professor, and you're also supervised by a researcher, on campus, you know, we we have researchers in our library who are specialized in helping you find exactly the sources you need, unique sources, journal entries, those kind of things to help you. Those who take the thesis option are those who are thinking more academically, or those whose company is paying for their masters, right? And their company says, you know, you work for this company, we're specialized in this, and uh, let's say a trucking company, mm-hmm. a large trucking company, and you. You say, you know, well, you need a stu- I need you to study supply chain and logistics. And you do a thesis in that area and talk about, say, self-driving trucks and do a, do a research on whether there's a future in self-driving trucks. Don't think that it isn't coming. It uh, is coming. And self-driving cars as well. Yes. No, yeah, no doubt Five years. It. I'm just telling you, five years. And if you go to our website, all of the different options of the masters are on there. So it's harding.edu slash MBA mm-hmm. for the MBA and harding slash, uh, harding.edu slash GSB for the graduate school business because we offer another master's degree, which is a master's of science and information systems. And that is a growing field, information systems and the level of technology that's being used and uh, in the areas of decision making is a fast growing trend. And, for example, the prime candidates for the MSIS, that's how you spell it out, are students who are – or people who are in the accounting field, for example. Accounting is becoming very automated. There's a lot more software out there that's just making some of the accountants, let's just say they're a little superfluous. Their job is just not needed anymore unless they have some technical capabilities that can bring in the, the use of the information systems along with their accounting knowledge. So those combinations are really helpful for them. and Or you have those who come with the information systems at the undergraduate degree, and they want to take a position of leadership within their company. So they will match up a master's in business administration, an MBA, so they can say, yeah, you know a lot about technical things. However, we might need you to be managing 20 people on your staff. Mm-hmm. You need to learn some skills in that field. So they combine the two together. And it kind of complements what they don't already know. Which I mean, is, which I is mean kind if of people have been using, if somebody's like a, uh, you know, a bean counter and, and uses an, you know, kind of like an abacus, I mean, <laughs> you know, if you're using, if you're getting into computerization, that's only a, a high end abacus as far as I'm concerned. And it would do a lot of the work for you. Yeah. 
So instead of having 10 people counting you know, the beans, mm-hmm. you have one person pushing a button, say, software, count the beans. Yeah. And so Here's you, what I want you to do. Spit it out. That's right. That's right. Okay. And so the master's is, whether whichever master's you take is something that's going to complement your knowledge, adding value to what you offer already to your employer or your future employer. And that value you add is something that complements your learning that you come along the way. I like to use the word toolbox. You're adding another set of tools to your toolbox. So right. that when you show up for work, say someone says, you know, we have this special project we're working on. Say, well, I, I got an, an MBA with a concentration in project management. And uh, and I think I can manage that project for you. I can take you. care of it for and you. That, and then people say, oh, wow, you have that MBA in project management. Sure. Why don't you come and take the lead? And you have that extra tool in your toolbox. Smart to have it, isn't it? It is. It is. Now, it's an investment. Uh, the return overall, these are the general numbers. Someone who has a master's lifetime is going to make 25% more than someone who has a bachelor's lifetime. And that's very average across all disciplines. It's not necessarily true in some fields. In business, that's pretty much where it is. It's probably a little higher than that in business. Uh, if you have a master's, your your income potential is probably 30 to 35% higher than if you stay at the bachelor's degree. Then somebody comes in and says, well, I know this guy, he owns a business and he's doing very well. He never went to college. Well, he was able to to do what he needs to do with the tools that he had at the time. That's right. But the, the, the market's become quite a bit more complex and we don't, the future's uncertain a little bit. So you Probably it's a good idea to add those tools to your toolbox because you don't know what's coming at you. All right. So let's talk uh, about what people should do. If people are listening and they're interested in an MBA, then you say they should go to harding.edu slash MBA. Correct. And they can get all the information Everything's there. The application form is there. The information about all the courses that are offered, the different programs you can follow. It's right there on the website. Okay. And then uh, the other is harding.edu slash GSB. That's all for the whole graduate school of business. So that would incorporate the Masters of Science and Information Systems, which is a separate degree from the MBA. Okay. So how do you make up your mind which way to go? Talk to somebody there at the school, right? Talk to somebody at the school. We have um, full-time faculty. We have advisors who are business teachers in the program. And you can talk to, to anybody there. Do some research. Find out what's the best program for you, what's the best fit for you. But I would say that uh, you just contact us. The best way to do it is just send an email, and I'll try to look for it, and I'll try to contact you and try to give some advice. Everybody's at a different point in their career. Not everything's a fit. We have certain qualifications that you have to have to enter into a master's program. One of the requirements is you have to have a 3.0 bachelor's GPA. That means you have to be a fairly good student at the bachelor's level. If you have uh, no experience whatsoever, we might ask you to take an entrance exam. Uh, The GMAT is the most popular one. The GRE is another one. These entrance exams can tell us, okay, maybe you're a little bit of goofball in college, but you have the smarts because you tested well on these and we'll let you in with the 2.78 GPA. Okay. The other option is have you been out in the workforce, you have 10 years of experience, and that, that experience is going to be invaluable in the classroom. And we might waive the, the GMAT because your experience has been your testing ground, and we'll allow you in. Students also have to have understanding that they have to do this program within seven years. 
So if you're dragging out the courses and you're just taking your jolly old time, you just have to remember in seven years you age out and you'd have to start all over. This is rare, actually. Not that many people are in that situation. The regular pace for a regular person taking one course at a time, our courses are taught in eight-week blocks. Okay. So if you take one course at a time, you spread it out over a year. It's a two-year program. You could double up, like you might say, I have a very calm summer. I'm going to take two courses in the summer. Mm -hmm. Then you're speeding it up a little bit. Or you might be a speed demon and say, you know what? I got a lot of free time. I got this part-time job. I'm going to just focus on the MBA and double up in your classes. And you could actually finish in a year. I don't recommend going that fast. But if you have the time and the capability of doing it, there's no stopping you. All right. We got a call for the doctor. Okay. Roman from Garland County wants to talk to you, doctor. Let's uh, get him up and on the line. Roman, how are you? Welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show. Dr. Key is here to answer any questions you might have. Thank you, Dave, for the great job you do for Arkansas and America. And thank you, Dr. Key, for uh, your time today. I'm curious with the world view that we're in and realizing the historic nature of the university there, um, are you looking within your curriculum looking forward with the advent of what we know as the world system on, on being unveiled before us? And are you trying to prepare the students in any way for being like young Joseph's before they went into the court of the Pharaoh, so to speak, of, if, that makes <laughs> sense, if that makes sense? Yes. Uh, one of the titles we give to our degree is you get a degree in principled leadership. We put a heavy focus on ethics. Every single one of our courses has an ethical component. We teach from a Christian worldview. Harding is a Christian university. And that perspective or that lens uh, gives a different view of what's happening in the world today. And we have ethical situations that we face as Christians in the workplace that affect us differently than someone who's not a Christian. And we try to address those. In all of our courses, there are, there are ethical challenges in every field of business. And for everyone who is struggling with, well, what decision should I make when it comes to uh, the challenges that are hitting me, uh, we hope to give the students who come through the program the tools necessary to, to, to make that good ethical decision based on values that are scripture-based, based on values that are also common sense, that helps the students um, come closer to making a decision that align with their faith. I, I was thinking that that would be the way that you would answer. So with that answer, then I, I want to ask another question if it's uh, agreeable to yeah. y'all. Yeah, quickly. Okay, Dr. Key, do you have a, a grasp of where we might be at on that biblical timeline and how that affects you in preparation as you lead these students? Well, every course is taught by a different professor who, bring, gotcha. who brings their own history, their own uh, background to it, and their story is told through their classrooms. And every one of them will have a perspective that will say, listen, here's where I was and here where I've been. And so they have a, all have a different view of it. All right. We'll take a break. We'll come back. 
When we talk further with the doctor, I'll have a few moments. We'll talk about what distinguishes Harding's MBA from everybody else's. We just heard part of that in his last answers. All right, let's finish up our interview with Dr. Key, Dr. David Key, who's the director of the MBA program at Harding University in Searcy. Uh, to go through the MBA program, do you have to go up to Searcy? You don't. Most of our courses are available online. You can do the MBA fully online. You also can um, choose to take a few courses in Searcy if you are nearby. But no, you, we have students all around the world. Oh, we, cool. We, I have a couple students in South Africa that I was talking to this morning. Wow. Uh, who are taking the MBA in South Africa. So, we're, yes, they're all over the world. All right. So let me just ask, what distinguishes Harding MBA from other programs? Well, first is, like we just talked about with that caller, we have a, a values-based MBA. We, we teach principled leadership. And therefore, the business ethics side, and we mean ethics, we mean values. That part is enforced and reinforced very strongly at all levels of all courses that we teach. That's the main distinction. The second distinction is, Almost all of our master's level courses are taught by our own faculty. Uh, we have very few adjuncts in the program who are sometimes people who make a whole living their whole life teaching for a variety of colleges across the country. We, we, we don't encourage that. Therefore, almost all of our teachers who are in Searcy on campus are also teachers in our master's program. And that's a positive right there. They know the Harding culture. They know what we try to aspire to be. And a lot of the students that we have are Harding alum who come back and say, oh, I had this teacher, you know, when I was an undergrad 10 years ago, and it's nice to have that same teacher teaching me at this higher level course. And I'd say a third distinction for Harding is the variety of the programs. We, we have a fair amount of, of leeway for students who are trying to focus their attention in one area or another. It's not a cookie cutter kind of um, situation. We have a new program we're starting this fall which uh, I, I really want to talk about because okay, it's, go. it's starting up. It's, yeah, three minutes. Well, I can do it in two. Okay. Uh, we have uh, – it's called a dual degree program. We are starting this fall a program where you can get a BBA, a, a Bachelor's of Business Administration, and an MBA concurrently. Wow. And also an MSIS, also concurrently. So what that means is you can be in your bachelor's program – and then you're in your junior year and you say, I think I want to graduate with a master's. And you can take courses at the bachelor's level and at the master's level at the same time, which will allow you to graduate with both degrees. That's a great deal. And that speeds you up into the workforce with those extra tools I was talking about mm -hmm. at even an earlier rate. You know, if you're a high-achieving student who brings a lot of hours with you at the bachelor's level – and you like taking heavy loads, and you take courses in the summer, you can get both degrees possibly in four years when you would have been normally with just one degree in four years. We also have students who like to take double majors, who take two, two study two majors. In this case, they can take one major in the bachelor's and take the master's, and they graduate with that in hand. And we think this is, this is the future. And we do, we're the first school in Arkansas to offer this, at the bachelor's and MBA level. And uh, it's a trend, but the trend hasn't really hit the states very strongly. This is popular in Asia and Europe. 
and we know this is where it's going to happen. We have a lot of students who come to our schools at the bachelor's level who already have taken five, six, eight college-level courses through dual enrollment or receiving credit through AP courses and those kind of things. Sure. So now they're going to be taking the same number of courses they would have taken anyway because they brought in so many, and they can graduate with a master's. So this dual degree program is a, is a big deal. All right, so go to harding.edu slash MBA or harding.edu slash GSB. Stands for Graduate School of Business. Okay, you can get all of the your questions asked, and uh, can people start signing up now for... They can. Uh, they can just sessions. fill out the application right there online. There's a simple computerized admissions process. You'll need three recommendations, a writing sample, and your transcripts. Right. And that's pretty much all we need. And if you have your set test scores, you can provide those too. All right. Dr. David Key, director of the MBA program, Harding University in Searcy. Although you don't have to go to Searcy to go get their uh, MBA. You can get it wherever you are in the world, even if you're in, you know, uh, Fayetteville. Uh, 